If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality <laughs> Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. Let Andrew it out. Poster. Let it out. <laughs> and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. Ooh, you're getting better at that. You're going longer and longer. When we started recording, I literally took a deep breath and I pushed myself away from the mic so I wouldn't be popping my hello. Man, you're like the Michael Phelps of the intro. Ooh. The long uh, intro, I should say. You know, I that that's a huge compliment. I'll take that. Michael Phelps, give me give me some of those gold medals. I'm just going for that Guinness next. So going for the what? The the Guinness World Record. Of, oh, Guinness! I thought you meant like an, a beer. And I was like, <laughs> is, he, is he a spokesperson? I'll, yeah, I'll do that as well. Where I'm going not only for the gold but for the beer, especially considering we've got St. Patty's Day coming up here in two weeks. So is it two weeks? No, yeah. that's next week. Next week, jeez, man, I'm all all kinds of mixed up. That we've got spring right around the corner, so good things are in store. But speaking of good things being in store, we've got a loves hates episode for all of you film fans, pop culture fans. I think that's the best way to describe. This episode, we're covering a lot of things pop culture. We're going to talk about the Pop Goes the Culture March Madness favorite 90s movie poll that's happening right now. And we're a part of that. We're also going to do a Loves Hates for the number one show right now, WandaVision. And another big thing that just dropped, Paramount Plus. We'll do a Loves Hates on that. Plus, we're bringing back an old but favorite game of ours called the Rotten Tomatoes game, where we're going to give our predictions on the Justice League. I should say Zack Snyder's Justice League and Godzilla versus Kong. We've got a lot in store. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. As I mentioned, Pop Goes the Culture, March Madness favorite 90s movie. Drew, what exactly is this poll that we've been asked to be a part of? A bunch of individuals and podcasts around our area where you're asked to pick their favorite 90s movie. The movies are done March Madness style and you can vote on Twitter and uh, we'll link that in our description. We, you and I, we chose the Wachowskis, The Matrix, which I think is a pretty solid pick. Uh, We're currently competing against Braveheart, Life, and Before Sunrise. And wouldn't you believe it? We are killing the competition. We have (laughs) 76.5% of the vote right now. I mean, that's one movie that after re-watching it recently, not just the first film, but the other two, the first one just sets itself apart from the other two movies where it seems like it's more advanced, but yet at the same time, it just, it doesn't show its age, but at the same time with like the 90s techno music and things like that, it does feel 90s at times, but it's like the perfect pick. I'm, I'm like super happy 
that we landed with the matrix. You and I, I think we came up with just individually on our own. We each wrote three movies down and you and I both had the matrix. I think that was the only one that we had the same mm-hmm. uh, other movies that are currently being voted on right now. Poll number one, Toy Story, Silence of the Lambs, Clerks, and Muppet Christmas Carol. We have Silence of the Lambs winning that one. Um, did you vote in these, by the way? I did. Who did you vote for in that one? I actually went with Toy Story. Just with the release of Toy Story and it launching a franchise, but also basically putting Pixar on track to being what Pixar is today. I mean, if you take Toy Story out of that equation, I don't know if you have Pixar where it is right now nor would it have the clout in terms of all the crazy merchandise like that's i mean disney was already owning that game but when toy story came out that just set the path for other franchises i feel like you know in terms of monsters and then cars and so many others that followed suit um that's why i ended up going toy story Think about Toy Story. It came out in 1995. We're still getting these movies today in 2021. I I will say the other thing, though, is Silence of the Lambs. We still have current day modern. We've got the retelling, which technically takes place right after Silence of the Lambs and the new CBS show Clarice. So we still have stories in a different way that's linked to that story. The second poll, we have Fifth Element, Tombstone, Army of Darkness, and Men in Black. I'm surprised Men in Black is not doing better. Army of Darkness has 38% of the vote. That is what I voted for. Ooh. that's You did Tombstone, I bet. No. I, I, this one was tough for me because I think Fifth Element's a good choice. Tombstone, I think, is maybe the closest to my heart. Uh, Army of Darkness, I just love. But I went with Men in Black because, once again, similar to Toy Story, it's kind of that cultural relevance in terms of that staying power that it's had on pop culture overall. Uh, Poll number three, Shawshank Redemption, Tommy Boy, Mask of Zorro, and Hercules. This is kind of runaway Shawshank Redemption, 54% Mm -hmm. of the vote right now. Yeah, Hercules was kind of a surprise, but this I went with Shawshank just because of how classic it is. But man, I really want to pick Tommy Boy. That's one that you just, at any moment, you can turn that on and watch it and have a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Poll number four, We have My Girl, Fight Club, Saving Private Ryan, and Point Break. I actually voted for My Girl on this one. Oh, you know, this one is strange to see that Point Break. Well, maybe it's not that strange, but Point Break is leading the way. But I ended up picking Fight Club. Yeah, I'm surprised Fight Club is not doing better. Yeah. Uh, Poll number five, Pulp Fiction, Wayne's World, The Lion King, and Armageddon. Not too too close. Pulp Fiction, 40% of the vote. Which is crazy. I did you go with Pulp? No, I did Armageddon. Oh, really? Which again, another movie that got the least amount of votes. So I'm in the minority on a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, I am too because that was actually one of my top three. And which, like what you had suggested, we picked three, wrote them down. Armageddon was one of my three. Uh, poll number six. This is this was the hardest one for me. We have Forrest Gump, Jurassic Park. Jerry Maguire, and Scream. And currently Jurassic Park has 40% of the vote. I voted for Scream. It's interesting. Scream's actually higher than what I anticipated. Um, I, I went with Jurassic Park. I know that was one of your picks. Yeah, that, that I think that's right. Like What's overall. interesting is uh, you and I, like we said, we, we 
picked just one movie, if we had individually picked one of the movies I considered was Jerry Maguire. And that currently has 2.2%. <laughs> so that would not have been the smartest move. Uh, poll number seven, Titanic, Princess uh, Monoki. Mon- hmm. Never seen it. Big Lebowski yeah. and End of Evangelion. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what that is. Uh, Titanic is 39% of the vote. Big Lebowski, not far behind 37 mm-hmm. I don't know. Big Lebowski to me, maybe it's a fact that it doesn't have as big of an impact on me as it has had on others. So I went with the obvious choice, Titanic. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I feel like Big Lebowski has higher numbers than what I would have tacked on to that. And then uh, again, our category, we have Braveheart, Life, and Before Sunrise. Life currently has about 10% of the vote, which is good for second. Mm-hmm. Oh, congratulations. I've never seen that movie. There's two notable nominations that are missing, in my opinion. Numero one, The Sixth Sense. How's that not on here? How did somebody not pick that? Yeah, that was my... So I in mine, I had Sixth Sense, Matrix, and Armageddon. That's like, strange to me that that's not on here. And the biggest one, I think, is Terminator 2. Yeah. If there's any movie that I think could beat The Matrix, it would be T2. I, I really wanted to pick that, but something, it was just a gut feeling of mine, just kind of steered me away from that. We need everybody to continue voting for The Matrix because I think the grand prize, now correct me if I'm wrong, I think the winner gets $10,000. Yeah. And so we're going to use that to upgrade our studio, our mics. And hopefully get a, a little bit of a travel budget set aside for uh, doing other fun things for you this spring. Yeah, like how we used to do podcasts like in moving cars when we covered Baby Driver. Do you remember that episode? Yeah. We were in the back of that car. So the goal is to end up upgrading with, if we get this, the $10,000, then we're going to really go above and beyond to deliver some some pretty crazy episodes that we kind of blew it on those episodes. So we've had to do I mean, bottle episodes. I think we have a pretty good shot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. But now let's move on from this Pop Goes the Culture poll to Love's Hates for two big things. First and foremost, what could be the biggest show of 2021, as of right now it is, it's WandaVision, nine episodes. All of those were sitting about the 23-minute mark or so until the last couple of episodes. What do you have to say, Drew? Loves or hates WandaVision? What do you do when you're just so like middle of the road with something? Here's the thing. If there are more loves than hates on that list, I go loves. But if there are more hates, I go with hates. And that's how I judge it. Because ultimately, if I had a good experience overall, that's whenever I go loves. Okay. Well, then, then I got to go loves because I had a pretty good time with this until the last episode. The MCU mm. is frequently ripped for just being nothing but a setup for the next installment. I just couldn't get over the fact that I just felt like I had been conned for nine episodes and this was oh. nothing but a setup for what's to come in Doctor Strange 2, mm. et cetera. That's a very good point because I was along for the ride. I love the engine 
ingenuity, ingenuity of yes, there we go. The ingenuity of telling, <laughs> <laughs> of telling this story. But also the other thing is with MCU movies, it's this formulaic film structure that it seems like it's a rinse and repeat that we didn't get with WandaVision. It was totally different and it was very original. And I just felt that the for two characters who I've been like, eh, like okay about, like, eh, at least this made me love watching how Wanda and Vision interacted, but also how other side characters interacted with them who were just like, okay characters. Like your Darcy and your um, Agent Womb played by Randall Park. I, I think, was this one of the shows that was hurt by the pandemic? Because some of the, like you reintroduce Darcy, she comes back and then she just basically vanishes in the last episode and there was no yeah. closure. It, that's honestly what this seemed like. It really felt as if they were onto something, but then they had to dial it back. And I, I really wondered that as well because it seemed like everything, like they were on to something until the last two episodes because for me, I was on board. I was loving it. And I would say episodes four through seven loved. But then the final two episodes, I really started to like fall out. Oh, you didn't like the second to last one? It was, I liked it, but it was, whenever I watched it, I was tired and I just like wasn't, I wasn't really in it as much, but I do love the setup and the buildup and all that stuff. But that's when the wheels started to come off for me. Because I thought, okay, if act, if well, I, I don't know. I, I, spoilers, major spoilers. I know that we've um, we, we've already given away some spoilers, but I'll just say without ruining anything that the um, s- still spoiler alert. When we're revealed in the penultimate episode about who's all behind it, I was expecting a little bit more from that. I was okay with it. But then when we get to the final episode, just like you said, it's like, that's it. Because to me, it felt, even though it felt like it was bigger and it was it kept building to something bigger, it just fell flat. And I think it was the not just the execution, but to me, it was like they could have taken it another step. And it seemed like they were doing that for all the other episodes, taking it just a little little further one step closer to the big reveal and then when we get there it's like this is it the agatha thing was just so obvious yeah it's like on episode one i was like okay she's clearly under the control or in control of this i feel like it was lacking we had all these rumors about and this shouldn't be a knock on the show but you have all these rumors about this huge cameo that's going to be in the show Paul Bettany fueled a lot of that and was just trolling by saying um, he, you know, was acting with someone he'd always wanted to act with and he had such high esteem for. And he was referring to himself. It's funny. It's a gag, but it got people's hopes up. I feel like this was lacking like that power punch cameo. Mm -hmm. It didn't have one. So when Agatha is just revealed to be the bad guy, you're, I, I couldn't help you, you know, be disappointed. Yeah. You can argue the show is built around Wanda and Vision and their relationship and, and the villain's kind of an afterthought, which is why I liked that second to last episode a lot because I didn't think we were we would get a Wanda 
um, backstory. And this, that episode specifically helped fill in the pieces of before Age of Ultron. Mm. So I thought that was an interesting way of doing that without, you know, knowingly doing that and just having a prequel film or something like that. So I, th- I think that second to last episode was was probably the best of the season. And then we went to the series finale, the last episode, and it was the worst episode of the season. I don't know if you hated this too, because we, we expected a huge cameo. We got a decent cameo with Evan Peters as mm-hmm. fake Pietro, <laughs> which um, a lot of people thought that was opening the door for the multiverse and having the Fox you know, those X-Men movies be a Mm -hmm. part of this universe. I'm actually okay that they didn't do that because those things just, I don't like connecting those two necessarily, but I think just casting Evan Peters as Pietro is just the strangest choice they could have ever made. I don't understand the logic in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think in ways it's not Feige trolling, but it almost feels like that. I can't quite figure out if I loves that or hates that element because when it first happened, I didn't realize at first, like, am I, I don't know why, but I disconnected from the Fox universe, the Fox X-Men universe. But then um, through that, I thought, well, maybe, I mean, maybe they're connecting this. And that's one thing I can't quite figure out if I do loves or hates. Like I, I, of all things that I'm torn on, which is very minor, I I still right now am in between. And I think it's cool, but it just feels like they could have taken it once again, one more step in whatever direction to make me like it more. Uh, unless it's just like a nod to fans that like the, the Fox X-Men films, mm-hmm. or it was some sort of closure for Evan Peters with that character. It just... And then, of course, every MCU project has to have a dick joke. And his name is Ralph Boner or something. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh, my God, we had to sneak it in there. I, <laughs> I do. The one thing I do like is that he is Agatha's husband. That he's mentioning like. Ralph, and which yeah. it all goes back to him. And I think that's kind of funny. But Well, the other thing is, it makes me wonder, are they, in a ways making it seem like he's not a big character, but he will be brought back in some way down the road, possibly in another MCU movie. Because Feige's made the comment that you can watch the movies singular and not have to watch the TV shows. So the TV shows work almost as like a subplot or your B storylines that if you're interested in learning more about a character, then you can do that. So it kind of takes the stakes out of it a little bit of the MCU because is there a possibility that this could have a larger impact? Like, will Peters make a, not just a cameo, but have a role down the road? It kind of opens that up, in my opinion, that, yeah, that's a possibility. I don't know. I just, I don't know where they're going with it. And maybe a year and a half down the line, you can look back on this and it'll make complete sense. I Yeah. And that's the other thing with, not only this ending, but also the start of Falcon and Winter Soldier knocking on our back door and it's happening soon. That and then Black Widow. It makes me wonder if after those two things, will we have a little bit more insight on some of the decisions that were made? I don't know. I I don't think we will until Doctor Strange 2, to be honest. I don't know. I think ultimately, I I think... 
I will have to go with Love's the core story with Wanda and Vision. I think is r- really well done. The, the small moments in this series are, I think, really great. I thought Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany were, were really good. Well, and that's the other thing. I would love to see both of them get nominated for their roles in this because they were just phenomenal. I'll say I am excited this is over for a number of reasons. And the biggest one is we have Falcon in the Winter Soldier coming up in about a week and a half. Mm-hmm. I have high hopes for that one. I That I'm worried about. And I can't tell you why. It's just I, I'm really worried that it's just going to be like a fun action show but that's it and like we don't really get anything out of it and i don't know maybe maybe that's like for this the best thing that um the number one thing that that i need right now that i don't realize that i am needing but i don't know i i am worried i think that show has the largest risk um attached to it more than anything else mainly because i wonder how they're going to handle captain but also how are they going to handle new cap with wyatt russell i just we've talked about this before but i just want to see wyatt russell and until we see him i think i'm still going to remain a little worried i don't think he's going to have a big role i think what helps with this series is we've already established the villain and the villain is back Mm. Six episodes, baby. Yeah, but those episodes are better going to be like mini movies. I bet they're going to be like an hour long each. That'd be. You my see guess. the budget for this? No. One fifty. Oh, good grief! Uh, according to the old trustworthy Wikipedia, man, my go-to source. One fifty for TV show. That granted, Disney Plus has skyrocketed through their expectations from what they say but still though like 154 show that drops on streaming do you want more wandavision of some sort of because they said basically each show is its own contained story and it could continue but it would be perhaps something different Mm -hmm. um i'm not necessarily dying to have more wandavision adventures but i wouldn't be opposed to it yeah i i could see down the road we end up getting the as what I kept hearing about the House of M, that storyline and other things where, because there were like parts of that that were mixed in with WandaVision. But I bet you there's a possibility we won't get WandaVision, like the setup of this show, but we could get a Wanda Plus Vision show and it just titled something totally different. And I think the name of this, WandaVision, is really cool because it has... Like down to the name and the look and uh, the aesthetics, everything about it embodied, to, in my mind, what this show was about. So if they do a spinoff, another show, it will also not only the name, but the setup and style will embody all of it and, and just like be a singular story. So I would be down for that. Where does this fit MCU? Upper tier, lower Middle tier? I'd say before the finale, for me, or the last two episodes, this was high. But I would say this is upper of the mid-range for me because of how unique the story is told. But I don't... I I would place it in the mid-category, 
but in the upper and, and maybe the top of that mid-range MCU. I like that they go for it with the gimmick. Yeah. I will say it's stretched thin. By it like is. episode four, I was like, okay. And then we kind of go back to it. I'm like, I want to I wanna get away from this. But you got to commend them for going for it. Yeah. I mean, they they definitely... I think they pull out all the stops to make it work. And especially from the set design, the inspiration, even the dialogue, how the characters acted, how they spoke, how just what they embodied in each episode was so unique to that era, that decade, that that's what made me appreciate it even more. So loves hates with Paramount Plus. I like this service so far. Content-wise, I think it's got a lot of good stuff. I told you I've been re-watching some Nickelodeon shows from when I was a kid. We have the new Real World season, which is mm. rebooting the very first season, which I think is cool. And they have the original seasons you can watch. I haven't had any issues running it. I know some people have complained that they can't get it to work on certain tablets or their mm-hmm. phone or whatever. I haven't had issues. I think the price tag is all right. But I told you this. How do you launch a streaming service in 2021 and don't include a watch list fe- feature? <laughs> yeah. Like that almost is enough for me to say I'm canceling this because that is <laughs> truly stupid. Yeah, it's 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 uh, strange because they basically carry the exact same thing over from CBS All Access and plop that over into Paramount Plus because it just is a souped up version of CBS All Access. I've had some issues with the search feature. Like I can search stuff and it doesn't show up. But if I look at it, you know, manually, like an A to Z, Mm -hmm. I can find what I'm looking for. Uh, Another weird thing I'm having an issue with on Apple TV, if I've watched something, it'll go to the next episode, but it doesn't tell me that I watched something. And then if I look at it on my phone, it has like the little blue bar that says I finished it. Yeah. I think the release schedule, how they're planning on, getting big movies like the new Mission Impossible and how they're planning on putting that on the service down the road. Great idea. And it's fantastic. It's it's almost as good as the HBO style, I think. Um, because for that, it's more of the, the long-term where it will be on the service long-term, whereas HBO, it's more of the immediate, like you get it now, have to wait for a while and then you get it again later. But... I have to say Paramount Plus, it's got some kinks that basically take the exact same problems that happen with CBS All Access and they put it on Paramount Plus. So to me, it's off to a rough start, but it has a bright future. There's some promise there with the service. And just because they do have a few things, like you brought up, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, their Nickelodeon catalog. That's really awesome to see. But I'm more excited about what will happen down the road with the future of the service. So in the very beginning, just the start, the launch, I actually have to go with hates. Because, oh, wow. yeah, it's it's a little, just a little bit um, that the bad outweighs the good. But I think down the road, this will be a loves. I do, I do like, and they, they've kind of promoted this, once something is on there, it should stay on there. And that's really cool. I, I love that they're doing that. And that's where I say, for the future of this service, I think it's fantastic. It sounds great. 
right now, it's just not there. But I mean, that's the way with anything. With Disney Plus, they have that with a lot of MCU movies where, you know, they've got contracts with other streamers and they still do. And HBO, that's always an issue where it's like, this movie's just added, but they have to take it away because of some weird negotiation that they had uh, before they changed it to HBO Max. So, uh, you know, I think the for Paramount Plus, I'm excited to see, especially once they start putting big movies on this, because ultimately, I don't think that the theater structure is going back to the old style. It's forever changed. And I think now with this method, it's to our benefit because we can choose whether to watch it at home or in theaters. I think this is one of those great choices that we have now that's like, just wait a little bit longer and we can watch it at home. What, one of the things that really annoys me, and it's what I've pointed out, if I go and search for something on my phone on this, it's not on, t- on my TV. Like it, it works differently. I've had that issue and it's frustrating because I've noticed that my phone is more accurate and I don't get it. It's a bug. I know that it's part of the initial launch, but it's still one of those things that it's like if I'm, if I'm watching something, sometimes I've had to airplay it from my phone onto my TV. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Quirks like that have caused me to drop my loves to hates for this service. As of now, I think we talk about this a few months down the road. I'll, I'll change it to loves. I, I think there's enough for me to at least recommend trying it out for a month. Yeah. And honestly, they're always offering free stuff for whatever reason. And that's cool. and that's why I'm like, how, how do they even turn a profit? <laughs> I don't know how CBS All Access turned a profit because I'll be it's the probably first why to they say. went under. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kept they were using constantly the free offering. <laughs> yeah, free weeks or free months. Well, anytime I got that, like the discount and say, here's a free month, I'd forward that to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anytime we wanted to cover something, we just waited to get a free code because we knew it was coming. Yeah. I bet this will end up working its way up to be one of my favorites. I could see this be being like number three for me on my streaming services on the top three favorite. Did you want to do the Rotten Tomatoes game? I am ready, and especially considering the fact that for this game, we whoever gets closest for both of these rankings, we have to pay the other one our stimulus check. <laughs> oh, jeez. So are we doing the disqualification or are we doing over under whoever, whoever's closer? Like So basically stick to the price is right rules? Well, we usually do over under, I think. I'm I'm okay with if we do the over under. Okay, I'm indifferent. Yeah, I because I don't, I don't want anybody lowballing because I don't want to do sixty percent on something and you do twenty five just because you're trying to. Right. That's why. That's why I like the over under. Yeah. Just whoever's closer, over under. Yeah, that's a, that's a good rule. Let's stick to that. All right, we're doing Zack Snyder's Justice League. This 
is going to be good. And you brought up a very good point today. We were texting about this, but the trailers, like the little teasers they're putting out, we're not seeing anything that's like super nude. I know, it's concerning me. So we're doing Snyder's Justice League, March 18th, HBO Max Theaters. We're doing Godzilla versus Kong, March 31st, HBO Max Theaters. Which one of these movies do you want to guess first? And then I'll do the other one. I will guess... Oh, I'll guess Godzilla versus Kong first. Ooh, okay. So we're starting with uh, Justice League because that's coming out first. Uh, real quick, before we do that, other Rotten Tomatoes scores for the DC cinematic movies that Zack Snyder directed. Man of Steel, 56%. Uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, 28%. Good grief. <laughs> Based on 429 reviews. And then just because we're not going to say that he literally directed it because I think at this point we know that he didn't. But Justice League, 40% based on 399 reviews. So the highest one that he's done so far is 56%. Uh, His other movies, Dawn of the Dead, 75%, 361. Watchmen, 65. Legend of the Guardians, 52. And Sucker Punch, 22. So 75% is his highest. And that was his debut film way back in 2004. That's so crazy. Two hours of footage half of it we have not seen according to what snyder has said but then we keep seeing all this new like these teasers every day they release a new one or multiple ones a day and it's all stuff that i've seen before so i'm like is this really going to fundamentally change this movie and i kind of <laughs> yeah. don't think it will i'm going to say for Zack snyder's justice league i'm going to say 62 percent. oh what are you owing about my man that's tough because when you're rattling off the scores, I thought, okay, well, I wonder if I should go lower. I'm no joke was going to say 63%. Well, then do 63. <laughs> but I can't do that. I can't do that. Now, now that you're doing 62%, I can't. I, I, I'm going to say 40% even. Oh, my goodness. I don't. So I, more heartbreak for Zack Snyder is what you're saying. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, here's. I feel like will critics end up being more generous and sympathetic on a film, on a project that really nothing like this has ever happened before where due to, and it's trending on Twitter right now, the Snyder Cut is trending once again, as you brought up before we we started recording. The fan base is so loyal that is it that they take sympathy on a film that was created because of this outpouring of the fandom that they like all right well we'll 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 give to this and we'll give this to you to help mainly bump their subscription numbers for hbo max because right that's that to me is like the ploy for releasing this and i just wonder if the critics will be more sympathetic or if that will just anger them even more to drop the score but Considering- I mean, I'm going to say when Justice League came out, we didn't know half the stuff that we know today. I was definitely soft on that movie because I felt bad for Snyder. Rewatching mm. that movie now, it's not good. I want, you know, I've not returned to it since. I really want get, to. You're going to have to watch that before March 18th. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> for so real, you're going to have to. So are they taking down the original 
Justice League once they put this one up? No. Do you think that they'll if this if this comes under such praise from fans and critics alike, do you think that there will be a future for Zack Snyder in the DC? Yeah, of course. They're going to offer him a boatload of money. I think he's going to have people that are just literally worshiping this movie. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So 40%. Wow. Yeah. I mean, based on Zack Snyder's track record, that's like not a bad score. <laughs> you want to do something fun real quick? It's not out till May, but you want to, we've only seen a minute of footage. Do you want to guess right now? Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder, Netflix. Man, that's that's a good way, uh, something fun to end up pulling up on the side. Uh, you know, I I have to go lower than my Justice League <laughs> score because that film looks fun, but at the same time, I just think that critics are going to poo-poo all over that. So do you want to guess now or do you want to wait? I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll guess then. I, I'm, I'm going to go low. I'm going to say... And I'm trying to pull it up right now because I'm curious. There's one score, but I'll just, without seeing it, I'll just go ahead and say, I'll say 18%. Oh my goodness. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. I think, I think they're going to hate this movie. Critics are going to hate this movie. I'm going to say 68%. I hope so. I really do. But I just, I have a feeling that critics are going to be like, what in the world? You know, I think the, all right, so this, I was going to base it off of, weirdly enough, Extraction. I was going to go and pull up the score for that Chris Hemsworth movie that he did with the Russo brothers and the Netflix original. It got 67 from critics and audience 69. So I felt like it would be close to that mark of 67 of whatever Extraction was just for whatever reason, it just like a gut feeling. I'm basing it off of that singularly. That's it. And your prediction stands much closer to that 67 mark of extraction. And I can't. The I don't know how extraction 67. percent That that seemed way too high. But well, it's, it's fine. It was fun. But yeah, it was fine. I I've weirdly enough wanted to return to it recently. But man, 18. percent I don't want to say it, but I'm 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 gonna lock that in. For Army of the Dead. Um, Godzilla versus Kong, March 31st. Uh, Godzilla, 2014, 76%. Kong, Skull Island, 2017, 75%. I don't even know how those two movies have basically the same percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. That's <laughs> insane. And then Godzilla, King of the Monsters, 42%. Came out in 2019. You got to go first on this one. I'm going to say 65%. Ooh, Wow. I think that's really high, but watch. I bet my Justice League and Godzilla versus Kong, those scores will be flipped. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking lower. Um, hmm. I'll say I'll say 50, 54%. Well, what's crazy is what Kong and then the first Godzilla. Godzilla, the first score, that doesn't surprise me, but Skull Island actually surprises me. Yeah, Skull Island's fun, but uh, Godzilla is the outlier of this universe. You could tell they wanted to go in a different direction after the, I, I would say, the reaction to it. Yeah. Which was, 
there's not enough Godzilla, not enough action. Mm-hmm. So you just make two movies that's just like balls out action. Mm-hmm. I like the the human element of Godzilla, and I like the suspense that it builds up when when some of the action is about ready to go wild. They cut away, and then we come back to the aftermath. I like the choices that they make in in the 2014 version. I think that mm-hmm. movie is pretty amazing. It may be Godzilla versus Kong may be more in line with the 1998 Godzilla, where it got 15% by critics. <laughs> I weirdly enough, I kind of love that movie. There's it's so fun. there's so many just like really cool shots. I love the rainy New York City. I still remember the marketing for that movie and just how stoked I was for it. Yeah. And then you kind of get to the end of the movie and it's had babies and it's basically a Jurassic Park ripoff <laughs> in terms of they're just like little raptors running around. But God, I kind of want to rewatch that one again. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. I had a lot of fun with that. And that was a uh, Roland Embrick film. Which is that streaming anywhere? I haven't looked for that recently, but that would be a lot of fun to end up watching that. Do you love Matthew Broderick in it? Yeah, I think that's kind of an interesting lead. Oh, it's on Stars. There we go. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I don't have Stars, but get that. Um, I might might give it a rent. So the budget for that was one thirty to one fifty. That's basically the price of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Hmm. We're in for some special treats this March. I'm excited mm. nonetheless. I think both of these are going to So, get- a little breaking news for you. I got some breaking news. Uh-oh. And this this is wild. Apparently, some users on HBO Max trying to watch Tom and Jerry were greeted to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh. And it started playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so did they this, this says the glitch was sorted out after a couple hours, but several fans got to see at least half of the movie. And oh. there are already leaks doing the rounds. That's incredible. That is awesome. Imagine going in to watch Tom and Jerry and instead you're blessed with that. You legit cannot make any of this up at this point. <laughs> well, I wish it would have been me, but I would <laughs> hate to watch an hour of that, hour and a half, and then it stops. Oh, yeah. It's probably for the best. It just I'm turns, excited, man. We got about a week and a half. We got it. Time is going to drag by until we get there. Looking where we are now, would you ever expect that we'd be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League? Like there being a second version of this movie? No, this is insanity. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Quality Check Podcast. And we're going to wrap things up here. And until next time. Keep watching.